Kia ora, I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. Today on The Detail, the Amazon deal everyone is gushing about. Today, I'm incredibly excited to announce a major investment in New Zealand. We plan to directly invest $7.5 billion over the next 15 years to build world-class cloud computing infrastructure right here in Auckland. Our investment is estimated to create 1,000 new jobs and contribute $10.8 billion to Aotearoa's GDP over the next 15 years. So what's not to love about it? What they disclose about how their data centres are going to work, how big they're going to be, where they'll be situated, what water they'll use, what power they'll use, they're very shtum. And they say this is part of their sort of secure strategy. I think that New Zealand is rightly going to want to demand a whole lot more transparency before they actually open up shop here. That's Jonathan Mill, Newsroom Pro's Managing Editor. More from him shortly, but first, Canterbury-based Ben Keeps is a technology commentator, and he's on a number of boards. He's had a rare look inside a massive data centre. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of that $7.5 billion figure, I mean, take that a little bit with a grain of salt, because I'm sure Amazon's including the uh, the lunch bill for the contractors and... and uh, <laughs> Uh, and anything else they can to come up with a big, nice figure. But but these data centres are amazing. I've spent a bunch of time visiting um, facilities like this overseas, and and basically, you know, from the outside they look nondescript. They're just you know big, big barn-like buildings, but they're massively secure. And so you know, the one I visited in Las Vegas um, actually had armed guards and had had a Humvee, you know, driving around the outside, and you've got sort of biometric fingerprint or iris scanning uh, access to get in and then you get inside um, and they've all got you know lots of redundancy in terms of power and cooling and heating and internet connections uh, and then you go inside them and they're cold obviously because they're trying to keep the temperature down for the computers and there's just rows and rows and rows of hundreds of thousands of computers with lots of flashing blinking lights um, that are doing who knows what but just storing you know, copious, copious quantities of data. And is that what we can expect to see when they build these giant centres outside of Auckland? Yeah, well, well part, of, um, part of the security means that the chances of us ever seeing these centres uh, are virtually nil because no one gets to go inside them. Um, but if we were to go inside mm-hmm. them, yeah, that's what we'd see. Probably from the outside, you wouldn't actually know that it was an Amazon data centre. Um, because they tend to be kind of nondescript. They just look like a warehouse. But then when you do, you know, if you were to go inside, they would just be full of uh, full of electronics. How did you get inside one? So I'm um, I'm an industry analyst, and so I, um, for my sins, I get, I get, or oh, I used to get flown around the world going to conferences and stuff like that. And uh, I organised a, a, a conference a few years ago in Las Vegas, you know, around what cloud computing would look like in the future. Uh, and we were actually hosted by one of these large data center um, companies in in their data center, uh, and it was a, it was a bit of show. You know, we got to go in and, and do the biometric scanning and see the see the soldiers with machine guns guarding the thing. Um, but it was it was a pretty amazing experience to to experience what one of these places looked like. So, do you think we'll be having soldiers with machine guns guarding these data centers here? I don't think we'll have that. We'll definitely have high security, um, and there will be lots of uh, you know biometric you know access control and and those sorts of things. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I very much doubt there'll be there'll be armed guards. That mm. would be beyond the pale a little bit. You wrote a really glowing piece about this announcement uh, last week. Why is it such a big deal? Yeah, so I guess um, a, a little bit of context. Um, Fifteen years ago, when when Rod Drury uh, and Hamish Edwards started Zero, um, this whole notion of cloud computing uh, was was really foreign. No one no one had heard about it. No one no one did it. And a bunch of people um, evangelised the fact that cloud was actually a really big deal because it enabled democratisation of IT. Basically, everyone could get a level of of IT service that that formerly just the largest businesses could get. Um, and so I, I think this announcement that we've seen last week is, is really the culmination of that, that down here in little old New Zealand, we're now at, at a scale where, where we justify investment from you know, the world's largest technology companies to really build infrastructure down here. Can we go back a bit talking about the cloud? Can you explain yeah, yeah. what that meant? Okay. Totally. So, so basically, um, at its simplest, it's, it's just sort of renting technology. So in the past, um, if you wanted to create an application, you would have had to buy servers and computers and set up a data center um, on your own premises. Nowadays, you get out your credit card and you go to Amazon or Microsoft or Google and you, and you rent that capacity. The same way you know, with Zero. back in the past, if you were a small business wanting to do accounting, you'd have to go out and buy some software and install that on your computers and do your own backup and whatever. Now you pay 30 or 40 bucks a month to zero and it all just happens and you access, you access it from a browser. And so this data centre or these data centres that Amazon is planning to build here, that's what they will provide? Yeah, so, so today if you want to be a customer of, of Amazon or Microsoft or Google on their cloud services, um, your, your data resides somewhere else, either in the US or Europe or, or in some cases in Australia. Um, so now with this announcement and once this infrastructure gets built out, you'll be able to do so here in New Zealand. So there's some important use cases there for, for some sensitive data, um, some private data, but also um, there's also a Te Ao Māori perspective on this where in Te Ao Māori um, there's the concept that, that data, data about an individual is actually ta- a taonga. And, and therefore shouldn't leave our shores. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frog. The ones that really mattered. Well, we all know about the last Amazon deal that did leave our shores. The hobbits are packing their bags and they're off on another long journey to a new Middle Earth. In a shock announcement, Amazon's dumped New Zealand for the next season of its multi-billion dollar Lord of the Rings TV series. When you say that 7.5 billion take it with a grain of salt, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing really, isn't it? With, with these giant corporations like Amazon, I mean, we know one arm of Amazon came here with huge promises and it was all very exciting and now they've they've quit New Zealand. Should we be a bit wary of this deal? I think I mean I don't think we should be wary of the deal per se. I think there's a much broader conversation to be had in terms of sort of NZ Inc and us taking control of our own our own destiny. You know, I own a business that that makes, you know, workwear and clothing here in New Zealand and we make products for the, the police and the army and, and fire and stuff like that. And I think 
you know, from that perspective, I think it's really important that we retain ownership uh, and and local su- supply and provision you know, in our country. And so there is an organisation in New Zealand called Catalyst IT, which itself has data centres and provides cloud computing infrastructure. Um, and they are a very, very strong propon- proponent of you know, New Zealand corporations and especially the New Zealand government not always defaulting to buying services from from multinationals, but to actually buy stuff from New Zealand corporations and companies. And that, that is a, a very valid argument, uh, but it's not binary. You know, I absolutely think that there's some things that we should be buying off New Zealand companies, but there's also some things that there isn't the scale for New Zealand companies to, to provide. Is, is that a, the, the lack of scale? I mean, what does this mean for a local company like Catalyst IT? It does a couple of things. I mean, the scale of Amazon is phenomenal. You know, they have hundreds of thousands of employees. Amazonian scale growth from Amazon, the tech giant, saw profits more than triple in the first quarter to over $8 billion. The profitability of this company is just extraordinary. And I want to point out one number because AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, the streaming service, still remains a key engine of profitability. It was about 12.5% of sales, but 47% of operating incomes. They are absolutely monstrous, beyond comprehension. Um, and so clearly their buying power uh, and their ability to to, to innovate uh, is incredible. So from that perspective, you know, can Catalyst, for example, compete with that? No, they can't. But it, it doesn't matter. There's still reason for someone like Catalyst to exist. And so I think that something like this popularises and normalises cloud computing. So I actually think that there's an upside for those local vendors like Catalyst because all of a sudden people can say, yep, Cloud is legitimate. This is this is here to stay. This is a way to do things, but we don't actually want to um, pay for Jeff Bezos to, to to go to Mars or whatever. We want to put some money back into the New Zealand economy, and for whatever reason, we want to support a, a local, uh, you know, local provider. And and there is the opportunity to do that with the likes of Catalyst. The workers they're saying that this is going to create a thousand new jobs over 15 years. I mean, I've seen reports that actually that's probably directly it's going to create 200 new jobs. I don't know what your thinking is on that. But also, have we actually got the people with the skills to do these jobs when we constantly hear about the shortage of IT workers? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really, really good question. Um, so there's a massive skill shortage in New Zealand at the moment. Obviously, COVID has made that significantly worse. But Amazon will, will will train people, will will bring people in. That that problem will be solved. It's not like they're wanting to employ fifty thousand people, which which would be a problem. Um, there's a broader conversation about upskilling our workforce. Absolutely, you know, I would say that we don't have a huge number of data centres in New Zealand. So the sort of skills that Amazon are looking for are different from the sort of skills that Xero, for example, is looking for. Xero is looking for developers and user experience people. Amazon is looking for sort of security technicians and and people to to actually physically stack servers and those sorts of things. The positive uh, way of spinning that is that people like Amazon are validating high tech as as an industry in New Zealand. It's more likely that more people will, will train and retrain you know, an organisation that, that I'm on the board of, for example, um, Cordia, which is a state-owned enterprise, 
has developed and is, is rolling out a, a, an academy for for people to, to learn uh, cybersecurity skills. And so initiatives like that are really strong opportunities to build the skill base and to to train and retrain our people to take on these, these higher level, higher tech jobs. What's in this announcement, Ben, from Amazon Web Services that you want to know more about? You know, what, what are the details that are missing from this announcement? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, it has to be said, the announcement says that this is going to happen in 2024, so some more clarity on when. The other thing is that um, Amazon have been silent over whether they are building these things or whether um, they're, they're sort of contracting with New Zealand infrastructure providers. So, for example, if if a list, listed property company in New Zealand was able to build a facility that Amazon then leased, there would be some some extra net benefit to New Zealand. So I'm, I'm keen to hear about that. And then the other thing is that just um, keen to hear more clarity around the details. Uh, so they've said three individual facilities uh, across Auckland. Um, you know, there's a lot of volcanoes around Auckland, so keen to hear how that actually looks in terms of, you know, redundancy and risk mitigation. Would it be risky to build one near a volcano? Again, probably a topic for another podcast, but obviously TY Point, every few years there's the threat as they try and strong arm better electricity prices. Um, a lot of us have been saying for a, for a long time that what we should actually do is scuttle the aluminium smelter and build a great honking data centre down at TY Point, because the problem is, is that most of the electricity in New Zealand comes from the South Island and relies on one cable across the Cook Strait to get up to North Island. So so citing these things where the electricity is generated is a really positive attribute. So I'm surprised that you know this announcement didn't include a data centre in, in Wellington or even better in, in, in the South Island. So keen to hear how that how that shakes out. Well why why is it so important to to build it in in Auckland? Is is it to do with this latency issue? Yeah, so I asked that question to Amazon and, and I sort of got some vague answers around latency. And, and for those that haven't heard of it, latency is, is, is you know, it's physics, it's the speed of light. How long does light take to travel from point A to point B? And the reality is is that for most of the use cases that, that users will have in New Zealand, the latency between Wellington and Auckland or even Bluff and Auckland isn't so great as to be problematic. And I, I wouldn't want to second guess Amazon and say I know more about building data centres than, than they do but what I would say is sometimes decisions get made for business reasons and then there's a bit of sort of uncertainty and doubt and, and that, that clouds the justification for that so um, I think I personally I think uh, building them in all in Auckland where there is the real volcanic risk um, is is suboptimal and there's an opportunity for New Zealand like uh, you know I had this notion about build a big data centre in Bluff and then create in Christchurch create a hub around fintech you know Christchurch could be the financial trading hub for the South Pacific or even for the Southern Hemisphere using the resources of the data centre with with cheap renewable energy down in Bluff and all of a sudden New Zealand Link solves its GDP problem because we're doing higher value stuff that that frankly we've been talking about since the Knowledge Wave conference 20 years ago, but we've never really been able to crack the code on. Frankly, there's no reason why, 
you know, a New Zealand organisation or the New Zealand government couldn't invest in this sort of infrastructure based on, on the promise that people will build things on top of that and that it's, it's worthwhile doing that for New Zealand. We build motorways, we build highways, we, we talk about, well, it's been scuppered, but we talk about building cycling bridges in Auckland and building a data centre is just more of that infrastructure. There is one company with grand plans to build a data centre in Southland and use that cheap power. It's called DataGrid. A $700 million facility is to be built at Makarewa near Invercargill. The pending closure of the TY Point aluminium smelter will free up supply from the Manapuri power station. With up to 200,000 servers, the centre would use the same amount of electricity as a city the size of Palmerston North. But the others, including Microsoft, are planning or already building their hyper-mega-giant data centres in Auckland, and now Amazon. But listen to this pledge from AWS's New Zealand country manager, Tim Dakin-Bird. We have a commitment to power our operations, including our data centre infrastructure, with 100% renewable energy by 2025. So exactly how will Amazon power these data centres? Here's Newsroom's Jonathan Milne. So we're going to have three, maybe four or five, big Amazon data centres dotted around the periphery, the rural periphery of Auckland, um, using up a lot of power and a lot of water. 2025, they're promising that they're going to be 100% renewable. Now, of course, they're not going to um, generate all of that themselves, and they're not going to buy it all themselves. They're going to do it by a mix of means um, internationally. So, for instance, they're installing solar arrays on the roof of every building they own um, everywhere in the world. Um, But they're also investing in utility-scale renewable energy. So they're investing in wind farms, and they're encouraging governments to set up um, regulatory regimes that favour renewable energy. And, you know, a company the size of Amazon, if they say they want renewable powers, when they say jump, governments jump. We've already seen that with their sister company, Amazon Studios, who've got a very good sweetheart deal out of the New Zealand government to make the Lord of the Rings TV series here. It'll be interesting to see how much the New Zealand government will provide concessions um, and and support for Amazon Web uh, uh, Mm. wishes around renewable energy and um, whether we could be leave ourselves equally vulnerable. I mean, these data centres, we don't know how much power they actually use. And I, I don't think we want to overstate it. They're, they're, this is not the scale of TY Point. It's, it, it's something, but it's not everything. Mm. Um, we know that big, 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 big overseas data centres uh, can consume up to as much as 100 gigawatts of power. That's equivalent to 80,000 American households. These Amazon ones are not on that scale, and indeed, Amazon hastens to add that their data centres are very efficient, that they don't use that much electricity, and they don't use that much water for cooling. So we shouldn't assume that they would be the answer for us as a a replacement for the TY Point aluminium smelter. But nonetheless, significant power consumption of that scale would be, from our point of view, from New Zealand energy infrastructure's point of view, better situated on the south side of the um, Cook Strait Cable than on the north side. They've got the solar panels, but have they made any other commitment to build wind farms or anything like that to, to feed them? No, they haven't. And look, 
it's really worth having a look behind the headlines of the press releases on this Amazon Web Services announcement because what the headlines say about jobs, about renewable energy, aren't entirely mirrored by the details. I'll give you an example. There were big headlines in their press releases about creating 1,000 jobs. When you delve deeper into the economic investment um, study, it turns out that only 200 of those jobs will actually be Amazon jobs, and then they're banking on other people creating another 800 jobs in service industries to support them. Similarly with water, similarly with electricity, they they say that they're going to invest in 100% renewable, but they've made no specific commitments. They won't tell us how much power they're going to use. They won't tell us whether they're going to build brand new uh, data centres or whether they're going to lease space in existing centres. And they won't tell us how much of this much wanted renewable energy they'll generate themselves and how much they'll buy and if so from where mm. if it ends up just being shifting renewable energy around the Auckland market then that's of a dubious benefit to New Zealand um, don't get me wrong there's a lot of other things about this Amazon investment that'll be really good for us I mean you know no one's going to turn up their noses at the jobs or the technical expertise that they will bring to New Zealand but the benefit they're bringing to renewable energy are at this point unsubstantiated. Okay tell me about the water side of things so a lot of water is needed in the data centres themselves to keep them cool. That's right and this is pretty standard practice with cooling in a lot of them different kinds of big processing plants. So they're going to have to source that water from somewhere. And they do say that they're pretty good at recycling water, at using dirty water. But ultimately, they're going to have, have to be bringing in some water from outside as well, in quite large quantities, one would have to assume. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting resource consenting challenge for um, for Auckland and New Zealand. Where in on the periphery of Auckland are they going to situate these data centres? What water, what um, irrigation water are they going to divert through their um, servers? How much of it, and um, and is that water we can afford? And these are questions that you've put to them, but you haven't heard back yet. No, they they've been very um, quick to get back to us, but they plead confidentiality on an awful lot. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded by NZ On Air and is a joint newsroom RNZ production. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Jeremy Ansell engineered it. And thanks to Jonathan Milne and Ben Keeps. Kakite anō.